Look, we got to talk about the big news around the Grizzlies lately. Well, depends on what you consider the big news. But the big news that a lot of people have been asking about is the Grizzlies acquired Josh Christopher recently. Who is this guy? What does he do? And can he make an impact on this team? We're going to talk about that with our special guest coming up right here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I'm your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Right here, this Tennessee. Thanking you once again for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies, and Locked On Grizzlies has been on a roll this summer. Like we really appreciate you guys for consistently tuning in to our coverage and everything. Me and Joe is doing it once again. Joe is on vacation this week, but guess what? You don't have to just uh, be here with just me today. It's not just me. We got a special guest. Uh, Jackson is here, uh, and he is the Locked On host for the Houston Rockets. Jackson, how you doing, man? Excited to be here, excited to discuss a little Josh Christopher, maybe some comments from uh, one former Grizzly, Dylan Brooks, a little later yeah. on in the show. I'm, I, I am curious, though, DeMichael, I mean, what size yeah. shoes do, does Joe wear? Because I know I've got some big shoes to fill here on today's <laughs> show with him gone. I tell you what, Joe Joe's a pretty irreplaceable guy from the from the standpoint of Joe. Joe isn't as nice as us. Jackson, you're a nice guy. Joe gives you that East Coast... He's that raw to my niceness. You know, it's it's like peanut butter and jelly. So that's that's what he brings to the show. But uh, I mean, we're we're, we're ecstatic to have you here. Grizzlies fans have been asking me, Josh Christopher, Josh Christopher, what does he bring to the table? Who is this guy? And all these different questions. I'm like, look, I watched Josh Christopher from afar. I followed him, you know, at Arizona State, familiar with his game. But we have to bring in someone who's very familiar uh, with his work. And I know you over. Uh, with the locked on uh, covering the Rockets, uh, the thing about that team is he fit in right with everything that was going on over there because they were a team that was pretty much geared for the future, uh, a young team. And just to kind of backpedal here while we're talking about him, uh, Dylan Brooks signing trade. The Grizzlies, as we've talked about on the show, they kind of wanted to, to, to get involved with that. That was something – that's why when that report came out, I'm sure you saw it, Jackson, where uh, the under any circumstances, the Grizzlies didn't want to bring uh, Dylan Brooks back. People I talked to around the Grizzlies, they were not happy about that. They were, they were, uh, <laughs> quite frankly, they were mad about it. But in uh, in one of the reasons was because of the simple fact that they one they cared about Dylan Brooks, what he did in his time with the Grizzlies for one, and then two. It was the fact that that kind of hurt their chances of doing a potential sign and trade eventually. But now uh, we're here. The Grizzlies were able to do the sign and trade. We talked about it in the previous episode how they created a trade level, a traded player exception that could come into you know play here later on, potentially before the season, potentially during the season. But the other acquisition is Josh Christopher. Now, Jackson, this is from from what I've got from the Grizzlies fan base, people were were interested in this guy because one, he's a wing, uh, he's a guy who can play the guard position, and the Grizzlies have kind of been thirsty uh, to add help 
uh, they are behind Ja, behind Dez, behind Luke Kennard and whatnot. But uh, I want to ask you, who is Josh Christopher? What 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 did he do for the Rockets? What should the Grizzlies fan base know about Josh Christopher? So Josh Christopher, at this point, through two years of NBA action, came in from the 2021 draft. He was kind of one of those, uh, you know, late 20s picks for the Rockets. Same draft as Jalen Green, Alper, and Shingoon. Yep. So he had a bit of a rough kind of go of it for his first couple of years because he never had a consistent role with the mm. Rockets. Unfortunately, I don't think that, you know, it didn't really do him any favors as far as his development. The fact that he never really had a home or a niche spot in the lineup where he could count on, Hey, I know I'm getting these 10 to 15 minutes every single night to go out there, or I'm going to play this specific role every single night. Sometimes they needed him to be a ball handler. Other times he was out there in three guard lineups and expected to play more of a wing role. And obviously the Houston Rockets have been kind of the laughing stock of the NBA for the last three years. They've been a bit of a dumpster fire and all of that kind of feeds into the fact that it's, it's a little hard to actually know who Josh Christopher actually is as a player at this point. I maintain and have maintained this with Rockets fans for a while. I think in the right system on the right team, he has the tools and the gifts and the drive and the mentality to be a difference maker. Now I'm not saying he's going to, you know, he's a diamond in the rough and he's going to suddenly turn into a star caliber player for this Grizzlies team. But I think he his mentality, he's a workhorse. He works harder than any, anybody else around him. I mean, the, the number of times that I've saw, seen this kid in the gym getting shots up before practice starts or in the gym putting up shots or after games putting up shots after practice is over or after a game is done, I, I honestly lose track of the number of times that it's happened. So for me, I think Josh Christopher has the potential to be a guy that maybe you bring him to the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that has had some success, a team with some proven players and a, a defined like hierarchy, structure, all of that. And you bring him into that fold. And I think he could really learn a lot from some of these, you know, from some of these guys on this roster and maybe adopt a bit more of an emphasis on the defensive side of his game. When you have a guy that is built the way he is, right? Six three, six four, good sized body, like an NBA. You know, again, a guard who can kind of slot up a little bit and play at the wing because he's so strong. I think he can be a difference maker defensively. It's just going to take a level of buy-in for him, and it's not necessarily lack of effort, but it's more so him understanding how to be a good defensive player. And I really just don't think. I mean, the Rockets were just a mess defensively for the past few years under Steven Silas. So ultimately, you know, I, I look at this as like a kind of a clean slate for Josh to be able to come into the Grizzlies and really got get hopefully what is another chance with a good team, with some structure, with some proven talent around him. And I think he could be a guy that is maybe a pleasant surprise for Grizzlies fans. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's good to hear, you know, a pleasant surprise for the Grizzlies. I, I don't know, just getting Josh Christopher to the fold here. And sorry for those who were uh, watching on YouTube. I just had some technical difficulties on my end, but now that I'm back in, uh, I think what people thought Jackson is, is he going to be a contributor on the roster? Is he going to be a contributor, you know, uh, to G League? Is he a two-way contract? Like, people had no clue what to expect. But you touched on uh, some of the earlier things to know about him, the draft class that he was in for Grizzlies fans, uh, to add that perspective. He was in the same draft class as Zaire Williams. He was a first-round pick. Uh, I was looking at his stats, and maybe you can make sense of this for me, because if you look at his G League numbers, He's putting up better numbers in the G League, averaged over 20 points per game. I think in both seasons, whenever he went down to the G League, didn't play a lot of games. But rookie year over 20 points per game. And 
few G League games, second year. Uh, that's notable because the Grizzlies have sent first-round picks, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, down to the G League, and their numbers don't look like his. Uh, the, why do you think that is? I think because partially when he goes down to the G League or when he spent time in the G League, he knows that he kind of has the green light to go out there and play his game. And he is very much a guy that I think that when, again, without the without having a concrete role and understanding what that role was supposed to be on the Rockets. Cause again, there were times where he'd be sharing the court with Jalen green or Kevin Porter jr. And those guys are all very duplicative of one another, right there. They're combo, uh, you know, dynamic guards, Jalen and KPJ, are, you know, are, are stronger playmakers than Josh at this point in their respective careers. Josh still has a ways to go as far as learning how to create for others at times, mm. but he's very much the guy you want to put the rock in his hands, let him score, right? Put the rock in his hands from 25 feet out and he can, either isolate or he can run a pick and roll get going downhill his north to south game is really effective he has a really strong mid-range game uh where he can get to kind of his bread and butter which is that mid-range pull up he's not a fantastic three-point shooter unfortunately he'll have yeah. stretches where he'll hit a few in a row and then all the stretches where he'll go like completely ice cold so his offense can be a little a little hit or miss at times depending on what role he's in right if you're expecting him to spot to be a spot up guy who's going to be like a three and D kind of, you know, jumbo guard. That's probably not the right role for him. Now, if he can maybe yeah. get into a role where he's expected to be a bit of a spark plug off the bench, the kind of guy where it's like, okay, maybe you need, uh, you know, a shot in the arm off the bench. And you're just like, all right, Josh, get in there. We need some buckets, go make something happen. Right. I kind yeah. of envision him as like, a, and maybe this is a, a you know, an aggressive comparison, but I think he could maybe be something a la, a Jordan Clarkson with Ooh. better def with better defensive upside, and that's that's mm. a that's a big like statement. Memphis would love that. They would love that around here. It's a big statement to make, but again, I want to give Josh the benefit of the doubt because it's hard to gauge almost any of the Houston players from these past two years uh, yeah. during the first couple of years of their rebuild. With again, so much of the dysfunction and everything that was going on here in Houston, so. I've seen enough from him to be encouraged and to think that it is possible. Uh, of so, Again, some of it's going to be about him buying in on defense, and I think yeah. that's going to be maybe the biggest ticket to his success is if he can make a name for himself defensively, he'll find a way to earn minutes, and then it's about rounding out the rest of his offensive game and figuring out exactly what that role looks like for him on a basketball floor with whatever the other four guys are out there. Yeah, just, just watching the highlights, uh, looking at the numbers. I mean, you, you don't even have to look at the highlights. You just see the numbers. You see, you can tell that there's offensive upside. You just look at the resume. This is a guy who was a high-level recruit, went to Arizona State. Uh, you know there's talent here, and, and you touched on something that I think uh, we'll get to later in the show in the second segment as well about, you know, that Houston roster. I think that's important to point out here because Grizzlies fans are familiar. You know, when Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and Dylan Brooks came up, uh, they didn't play on the best of teams, and and they had to go through uh, that. So they they know what it's like when you're talking about uh, really being hard to judge some guys. Because I mean, I won't speak for anyone else, but you watch Dylan Brooks his first couple years, you probably thought he was on the trajectory. I mean, he's turned out to be a solid player. You probably thought he was going to be an upper tier shooting guard in terms of maybe top ten. Maybe uh, some people would say when you when you watch them early on but again those things play out you get in winning situations role changes and things like that and speaking of role change josh christopher's coming to memphis he's gonna have a different role but is he gonna have a role period can he make the roster we're gonna talk about that coming up next on locked on grizzlies but before we get to that 
I got to talk to you about bird dogs because look, everyone knows I, I I like to go to the pool every now and then. Every now and then I like to shoot go shoot a couple of uh, holes of golf, and I always dogs with me because bird dogs they make me look good they're stretchy and they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg and it personally it gives me a sculpted look it makes my legs look bigger than what they are and i love that about bird dogs and you should go get you some bird dogs as well uh go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba enter the promo code locked on nba and you can get a free yeti style tumbler that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba and look you can wear bird dogs anywhere. I mean, I know we're down in the South. Houston, uh, Jackson's from Houston. Look, I know down in Houston, they like to do the cookouts and things like that. Uh, go get you a pair of bird dogs. It's perfect right now for the summer. You want to go to the pool, sit poolside, get you the bird dogs right now. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA is where you go to get those. Coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to talk about the roster alignment. Can Josh Christopher impact the 15-man roster? Stay tuned for that. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal right here in Memphis, Tennessee, joined by my man Jackson out there in Houston, uh, holding it down in the H-Town. Uh, and Jackson, you said a lot of good things about Josh Christopher. I know the fan base liked, liked, liked what you were saying, but this is what it comes down to at the end of the day. Can he make the roster? Because of this, this Grizzlies... It's not really tailored for young players right now. It's 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 a tough roster to crack because they're in win now mode, and they have so many players who are making impacts. Like the bottom of the Grizzlies roster right now is pretty much a bunch of wings, and it's guys like Jake Laravia, David Roddy fighting for for position. These are two former first round picks, Zaire Williams, a first round pick who was the tenth pick in the same draft as Josh Christopher who the Grizzlies are still high on, and the fan base is probably a little bit split on at this point. But then behind those guys, or along with those guys, you have John Conchar, who's been consistently involved in the rotation. But Grizzlies fans don't really enjoy watching him play because he's kind of the 3 and D guy and flashy about his game. They want to see buckets. It sounds like Josh Christopher can give you buckets. Uh, from what you've seen in Houston, and again, the Grizzlies have some friends picks like they the we, we can we can agree on that but but then again you can say that on one hand you can say well Josh Christopher was a first round pick and he got traded in his third year so sometimes you just don't know what to make sense of these things but my question to you do you think this guy a Josh Christopher has the talent to make this Grizzlies 15 man roster the talent absolutely he does mm -hmm. um I, I think he I think he has a spot in the NBA I really do and and I think that yeah you know, the maybe the misconception when you look at maybe that deal that the Rockets made and how they got rid of uh, Josh Christopher, Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, and KJ Martin, they were at a point in their rebuilding process where they were going to have to have some roster churn, right? There's only so many yeah. spots on an NBA roster. You got your 15 available spots, and the Rockets are now entering their phase of the rebuild where they want to start winning games, right? They want to start being competitive again. They don't have the runway to develop that much talent, and they still have a ton of talent that they have to develop with their six core first-round picks and – Kevin Porter Jr. on top of that, who they still you yeah. know, internally regard very highly. That's their core seven. They did not have any more space after that while adding the veterans and wanting to push in the direction that Ime Odoka wants them to go. So 
had they, if they had had maybe another year or two of, you know, being okay with being a bad team, or if they had control of their draft picks instead of owing the pick swap to the Oklahoma City Thunder as part of what was the Chris Paul Russell Westbrook swap from a few years ago, then maybe Josh Christopher wouldn't have gotten the boot, right? Maybe they Mm -hmm. would have held on to him and they would have identified and they're like, hey, we've still got a little bit of runway to see if there's something there with Josh moving forward. But again, it's kind of duplicative with some of the other skill sets on the Rockets roster. He's a bucket getter. He's a guard who needs the ball in his hands to really be effective. I do think that depending on how he gets situated offensively for the Grizzlies, yeah. his best role is probably, you know, super sub off the bench, let him check into a game and let him go get you some buckets, right? If you're not going to utilize that strength in his game, then it's probably a mistake running him on the floor because then, you know, I'm not expecting him to to become a great defender overnight. He's got the tools to be a good defender. He works hard. He hustles. He absolutely brings that that you know intensity to the game. The energy it's infectious. But like from a technical standpoint, and his like yeah. you know awareness at times defensively, understanding where to be, how to make certain rotations. You know, it's just not quite there yet, unfortunately. And a big part of that is because, again, he just wasn't in a great environment that I think was mm-hmm. lending itself to him understanding you know, advanced concepts defensively and understanding how to rotate and communicating with other guys on the floor. When you're out there or envisioning him being out there with a Grizzlies team that has been a top defensive team, you know, these last few years, being able to have that and kind of soak up that knowledge like a sponge and be able to really understand, okay, this is how I'm supposed to, you know, guard this set, or this is what I'm supposed to do here, right? Again, if he can make that defensive element his calling card, the offense is good enough right now, even with the shaky outside shot, that as long as he's the guy with the ball in his hands, he can at least be a bucket getter for you and get you anywhere from 10 to 15 points off the bench, you know, on any given night. He's got to add the three ball, and he's got to add a little bit of playmaking to his game, though those are his shortcomings on the offensive end for sure. That's music to these people's ears because if you we if you've listened to me here on Locked On Grizzlies and a lot of people know I talk a lot about one of the things that this team has been missing. They have a lot of guys on the wing, you know, Jake Laravia, David Roddy, Zaire Williams, but none of these guys have shown at least consistently that they can be shot creators who can come off the bench and say, "Give me the ball, move out of the way." I haven't had these guys. These are guys who most of their shots, if you look at Zaire, Zaire Williams, uh, his his peripherals, if you look at the same thing with David Roddy, half of these guys' shots are coming beyond the three-point line because they're just playing off the ball, Tyus Jones or, or John Morant or Desmond Bain. So we haven't even seen it. But the Grizzlies have lacked that. The bench scoring has been good, but they haven't had that guy who can be that instant offense. So if he can be that type of player – uh, it's a great fit for the Grizzlies. It's, and speaking of, you know, great fits, one area, if he's going to make the roster uh, that he's going to have to really be impactful at is is the defense, like you said. Well, you know, I mean, the Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins is defense, defense. That's that's his calling card. You can be a great scorer, and Grizzlies fans see it all the time because John Conchar <laughs> plays a lot of minutes because if you go to the defensive Raptor numbers and all the advanced stats, uh, he's top tier in the NBA. But fans will say, oh, well, he barely makes shots and he he can rebound, but he doesn't add much else. Well, the Grizzlies like his defense. So he's going to have to play defense to get on the floor. But I want to talk about something else, and that's the, the around the team. You know, obviously the chemistry of the Grizzlies going forward for obvious reasons is going to be very important. Uh, you see they brought Derrick Rose into the locker room. Marcus Smart, 
Josh Christopher would be a different addition uh, from, you know, he was a, that was a pretty young team there, but locker room wise, you know, from what you've heard about him, what you've learned about him over the past couple years, uh, how could he incorporate himself into Memphis? Well, first of all, if it's okay with you, DeMichael, just to add one one additional point to what you were talking about earlier yeah. with, with Josh, I do think there's also a world where, right, you, you look at you look at Ja Morant, you look at his game, the way that he plays, loves to get downhill and kind of collapse the defense that way. You know, has worked on his three point shot, obviously, but it's it's maybe you know one of the weaker points in his game. For and sure. it's it's For weird sure. to say weaker point, but you know, because he'll he'll still hit him and, and defenses have to respect him. But from that regard. I think it actually maybe even benefits Josh Christopher a little bit where even though he's not anywhere near the playmaker that, that John Morant is, and he has to add that to his game and he has to understand and how to, you know, how to make reads when the, yeah. when the defense rotates over, when guys collapse, how to make that, that secondary and tertiary read to kick the ball out, all those different things. But at least for the other four guys on the court, they understand how and where jaw likes to get offensively. And I think Josh Christopher has a very similar game in the sense of the spots on the floor that he likes to get to and be mm -hmm. effective, whether it's getting all the way to the basket or pulling up, you know, somewhere in that, you know, 10 to 15 foot range, give or take a little bit. So again, for the other guys on the court, I think it actually makes things, uh, you know, a bit of a seamless transition, if you will, being able to basically play kind of the same way, obviously just like, you know, a poor man's John Morant, if you will, yeah, at least as far yeah. as putting the rock in his hands and letting him try to work um, for him in the locker room he was a uniter for the, for the Houston Rockets. Like he was a guy who is very much, you know, he's very, he's incredibly hardworking, but he's also, you know, very just animated and excited and, and, you know, happy, go lucky, feel good. But he's also very measured. Like when he, when he talks to media, when he approaches things, he's very insightful. He really tries to think about his answers and, and give you like his true thoughts or feelings on something. It never feels like you really get like a canned answer from Josh where you get like yeah. a, you know, one of those like common sports platitudes where it's like, oh, we just got to work harder or whatever. Like he'll sometimes <laughs> you'll ask him a question and he'll sit there and think about it for a minute. And then he'll be like, well, and then he'll like, and he'll really like give you some like just unfiltered, candid thoughts, which I, you know, as a media, I'm sure you can appreciate it. As somebody working yeah. in the media, I certainly appreciated it. And, you know, the glimpses that I saw of him interacting with his teammates, right? He was incredibly close with KJ Martin and Alper and Shingun, right? Those guys really bonded. And I think it's important too his relationship with Alper and Shingun, right? LP coming over from Turkey, barely speaks English. Um, you know, those two guys connected very early on because Josh's brother had actually played overseas in Turkey and so had picked up some like Turkish words and phrases and that kind of thing. And so one of the early stories that we got is that Josh Christopher really like helped embrace Alper and Shingun and make him feel like a part of the team and not like an outsider because he he was he said, you're my he said, you're my Konki and Konki in Turkish means like blood brother mm -hmm. basically is the terminology. Yeah. And so he embraced Alper oh, wow. and Shingun when, you know, going into a locker room like that where you're the, you know, one of the only if 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 the only foreign guy you know, you might feel a little bit out of place a little nervous you're coming over at 18 years old to a, a country that you, you haven't spent any time in before and i think that was important right so i do think from yeah. a locker room perspective he's a guy that absolutely can bring some good vibes and fit in to what you hope is a good locker room culture oh he's gonna have some fun with stephen adams and, and santi aldama especially stephen adams we we all know the character that stephen adams is but Oh, if I tell Stephen Adams what you just said, uh, they, they're gonna have some fun with that. Uh, Stephen Adams and, and and I can see Santi uh, uh, teaching him up on some Spanish and whatnot. But sounds like uh, I like that word, a uniter. You know, the locker room. The Grizzlies have this great mix of young guys, and now they're blending in the veterans 
and, and now you know there there has to be that connectivity. And, can I, can I also not- I I just also want to throw it into Michael yeah. because I just it just hit me. But I also want to point out that not only did Josh like hit you know LP early on with the you know Conky like you're my yeah. you're my brother all that at the end of their rookie seasons when Al Brinshinger was doing his exit interview, a reporter here in Houston asked him. Uh, you know, do you have a favorite word in English? Like kind of just understanding like how, how has your English progressed and all this? And, uh, uh, he goes, he goes, faux show. <laughs> and then he, and then he follows up and he goes, and he goes from Josh. Like, like, so, so Josh, you know, helped him learn English, right. And helped him, you know, fit in and all that. And yeah. It was, it was one of the best things. It was so wholesome in that moment. It was just like, faux show. Like, <laughs> Yeah, this, this this seems like a guy that would fit in great uh, with the Grizzlies locker room. He he would fit in for sure as uh, Alperin Sagoon uh, <laughs> said. But I'm going to tell you where you should for sure go make uh, your sports bets at, especially tomorrow, because look, I'm so happy baseball's back. No one's happier than me uh, that we get baseball back because I can go get these parlays and, and I can go get me, make me some money. I was doing good on my same game parlays before – uh, the all-star break started. But one of our sponsors today is the one and only FanDuel. And look, take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get 10 times, you heard me right, 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. If you don't know what 10 times is, that's up to $200. Uh, all you got to do is bet 20 bucks. You can get 20, you can get $200, win or lose uh, in bonus bets. Go take advantage of that opportunity right now. And don't forget, you can make same-game parlay bets. You can make parlay bets picking the money line on games. You can pick a pitcher, have uh, so many strikeouts. Many of you know I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. We got Uncle Uncle Charlie on the mound today, and uh, he strikes a lot of people out. So bet the over when Charlie Morton's on the mound there, and you should be good. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on to take advantage of this great opportunity. Coming up next on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to have a little fun. Uh, the Rockets got a nice young core over there. The Grizzlies have built a nice young core over here. And Dylan Brooks had some interesting comments. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back, everyone, to Locked On Grizzlies uh, today. Today's episode, uh, we are joined by our special guest uh, from Locked On Rockets. Uh, Jackson, appreciate you for coming in, uh, kicking it with us today. And we got to talk about Dylan Brooks because this, this this episode was more geared. Do, do, into- do we have to talk about Dylan Brooks? Because I don't want to get lit up in the comments to Michael. <laughs> These people love Dylan. This okay, is, good. This, this good. is a safe I be, place. I've been be getting lit up this in the a, comments over at Lost on Rockets. I don't like it. It's, <laughs> that's a, that's a, this is a safe place for you. Now, this is where you can come. You've, you've been getting hit hard over there. Come over here. These people are going to hug you a little bit because they missed them. You know, now I'm not going to say that they are. they didn't want him to leave. Some mix. Did, 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 did they miss Dylan Brooks at four years, eighty million? Is the question. They, they, they didn't miss Dylan Brooks at four years, eighty million. That that's <laughs> that's that's what you call skedaddle money. Uh, and we're, we're glad you got paid and enjoy your career in Houston. But and skedaddle and skedaddle. <laughs> so with Dylan, of course, as we are familiar with in Memphis, and you've been familiar with from afar, but now you're gonna love it because he's there. You talked earlier about Josh Christopher being honest. I. I don't think there's a more honest player in the league uh, talking, at least in my experience and Dylan Brooks, he's, he's, he's one of the best. Sometimes uh, to his detriment. Sometimes to his detriment. I mean, uh, you, you hear those, you no, know, those are the ones that go viral uh, more so than the others. But I mean, 
there were so many times. He's the one guy. If you ask, hey, you think Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing good basketball right now? The other guy say, oh, you know, he's not at his best, but he's, he's going to get better. Dylan will say, no, I, I think he needs to do this, this, and this. I mean, that's him. I mean, that's going to be great for that young Rockets team. But Dylan was was interviewed recently. Uh, Kelly Iko over at The Athletic. Uh, what a wonderful story uh, about uh, the Rockets over there. And and I'm not sure if that's where the, the comment came out, but that interview was the first time I saw uh, Dylan Brooks publicly speak on his departure from Memphis and, you know, playing in Houston. But Dylan, of course, like Dylan typically does, made, made the waves lately uh, with his comments comparing the Rockets' young core to the one in, in Memphis. In particular, uh, paraphrasing here, he basically said, you know, playing with Jabari and Jalen, it, it, it'll be kind of like playing with Ja and Jaron a couple years ago when the Grizzlies were coming up. Now, just to add context, uh, Dylan Brooks was the longest tenured Grizzlies player last season. He uh, was in his sixth season. Jaron was in his fifth. Ja was in his fourth. And the way that worked out is basically Dylan had a couple rough years. Jaron's rookie year was a rough year. And then Ja's rookie year, the Grizzlies took off. Uh, they, they were they were pretty much going to make the playoffs. And then the bubble situation happens. Ja's second year, the Grizzlies make the playoffs. So we got to have some core talk here. I've been seeing a lot of people from afar. I, I keep up with what's going over there with the Rockets because they're a divisional. There's a di division folk. I saw a lot of people, Jackson, say they believe maybe outside of OKC. Let me give you OKC. But that Rockets core, that young core can go up with any young core uh, in the league right now. And we got to put a, a number on young core and age because people say, what's young core? Is it 25 and under? Because technically, Jai still fits in that <laughs> description as of right now. And uh, I, I don't – I think once you get to that second contract, you're you're technically not, quote, unquote, young core. You 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 graduate into veteran status a little bit. But for, for old times' sake, so rewind a couple years ago when the Grizzlies were that young team making the waves. They they were in the bubble. They had the eight seed, and the bubble happens. Portland overtakes them for the eight seed. They miss the playoffs. Year two, Ja Jaron play together. Uh, they make the playoffs, uh, lose to Utah in the first round. Then as the story goes on, you know, year three, lose to Golden State. Year four for Ja just happened. Houston has a pretty good young core over there. I, I, I like it. You mentioned Sagoon. Uh, just a funny story for you. I remember uh, just talking to the Grizzlies players in the locker room one day, and, and it was right before a Rockets game. And I'm joking with Xavier Tillman Sr. Like, you you got Sagoon. You got him next game. And he and Jaron basically start, you know, doing a drill in the locker room. Like, you got to watch for this move because, you know, he's going to do all these fakes and he's going to do this. Like, don't fall for any of it. Like, so they're respectful of the young core that Houston has. But let's get straight to it. 2020 Grizzlies, 2020-2021 Grizzlies, current Houston Rockets. Let's throw some names out there. Let's go Jalen Green, Jabari, Saitari Eason, and, and you can fill in the blanks uh, with the rest. And I'll say John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark. Which young core are you taking? Well, I think I'm going to have to include Amin Thompson in that in that group yeah. because I, I think when you look at the Rockets' six pieces that you would consider their their young core, Amin Thompson actually has the chance to probably be the best uh, oh, star sure. player out of all of them. He he has for some sure. serious two way star potential. He got compared to Ja. I saw I, that. 
he's a potentially a taller jaw, right? Like it's, you know, a six, seven jaw it. sounds pretty insane <laughs> when you think about it. Um, I will say just to add a little bit of context to the, to the, to the Brooks quote, that's kind of inspiring this discussion. Yeah. Um, uh, I know Kelly, Kelly Eco did have a, a, a piece, you know, one-on-one with Dylan Brooks. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head if he also addressed like his time in Memphis in that piece, but the specific quote that went viral that popped off was actually, uh, Myself and a couple other Rockets people got a chance to talk with Dylan at Rockets practice in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I had asked him, it was, so it was my question. I asked him, mm -hmm. how did your time in Memphis prepare you for this role with the Rockets? And he was the one that took that question and then drew the parallel to, I think it almost perfectly prepared me for this role because, you know, and I'm again, paraphrasing here, but essentially, right, he was like, I've been there, done that because right. I was there with a young jaw, with a young Triple J. And now I see similarities, right? Jalen is like jaw. Uh, Jerry, or sorry, Jabari is like Jaron. And that was where that kind of comparison came from. I think that the fan base, by the way, when they saw that, they don't, uh, yeah, there was, it, it was the other way. It was like, what? Uh, I, I just want to say, I understood what he was trying to say there before. Yeah. yeah like, he, no, he wasn't saying, directly saying that he's going to no. be the next jaw and, yeah, and Jabari exactly. is going to be the next Jaron. It's more about, they are these young guys who are on the rise. Like those two were, and they have next in the NBA. They're future players who could potentially be all-stars. I think no one has a problem saying Jalen Green is a potential future all-star. And I mean, you just watch Jabari in Summer League, then you will get that. So so yeah, but but that's that's pretty much I, I get that part of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's tough. I think that between those those groups, it's also really hard to say. Uh, I, I want to take I want to take my biased glasses off here yeah. because I think that Triple J and his defensive impact is is so important for what the Grizzlies have been able to to build and accomplish and Jabari hasn't shown through at least his rookie year, that level of impact defensively that might change moving forward under head coach Ime Odoka. Um, yeah. And Jalen Green, he's had some you know incredible highs through two years, but he's also had some really low you know some really low lows. He's been you know a bit inefficient yeah. at times. Uh, there's you know some steps that he still has to take in his game. I think if I'm gonna go pound for pound with like the the four you named and then also the Rockets four, and you know again I'll swap out you know swap out. Uh, uh, I guess if we're just going four and four, then I have to swap out uh, Tari Eason for Amin Thompson and go okay. with you know Amin, Jalen, Jabari, and Shingun is like the top that's a four. Tough, that's a tough group. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough four. I think if it's just going four and four, I think I probably give the edge to the Grizzlies four. I'm also playing again. It's trying. It's hard, like playing hindsight 2020, mm -hmm. all that, and like trying to think back to where they were. And you also knew, you know, know Grizzlies basketball yeah. a lot better than I do, it's, and I know I Rockets it, basketball a lot better. 